0: Because if you are waiting for a U.S. investment to understand the U.S. market, it's too late. So if you are starting from Europe, from Asia, try to understand the pattern, the specific pattern or what is
1: important to be successful there. Welcome to the AWS Health Innovation Podcast, where you can learn from entrepreneurs and investors who are driving progress in healthcare and life science around the globe. Welcome back. Today on the show, we feature the story of Pathiquest, a French startup using next-generation sequencing to improve microbiology testing and drug manufacturing. Amrita Sarkar learns all about this founder's story and taking a French-based startup and successfully launching in the U.S. Enough from me. Over to Amrita.
2: Hello, everybody. My name is Amrita Sarkar. I'm currently on the Healthcare and Life Sciences Startup Business Development Team at AWS, where I am a principal. Prior to joining EWS about four years ago, I was a venture capital investor working at a fund in Paris, where I invested in healthcare and life sciences technologies, among others. I'm trained as a mathematician and a computational biologist, and it is my great pleasure today to be speaking to Jean-François Brepson, who is the president and CEO of a startup, PathoQuest, that is headquartered in Paris and very active in the U.S. market as well. Jean-Francois comes with an extensive background in the pharmaceutical industry and has been the CEO of PathoQuest for over seven years now. Hi, Jean-Francois. Welcome to the podcast. Before we get started with some more in-depth questions, can you just provide us an overview of PathoQuest and its mission and how it serves its customers in the life sciences industry?
0: Yes, yeah, sure. You are right. It's always important to start with the why, uh, let's say. It is so critical to me to help biotech and pharma to put on the market new drugs. And this is exactly what we are doing with PatoQuest. And we are helping them with quality control, with this important step. And we are providing a faster and safer quality control for the development of the products for, for and D. To clinical and to commercialized step. So that's the main mission to try to uh, reduce the time to market of innovative uh, products on a global basis.
2: Thank you for that. And so if I remember correctly, you've been at PathoQuest now for a little over seven years, and you came with a very long background and experience in the pharmaceutical industry yourself. Can you tell us a little bit about what brought you to PathoQuest? Um, you know, the story of how you ended up joining the company.
0: Yes, and it is interesting because when I talk to ex-colleagues in the pharma industry, you know, uh, quite significant part of of those have decided to move to a more entrepreneurial, I would say, role, and in particular in in the biotech industry. So, uh, yes, I spent around 20 years in a mid-sized pharma at Ibsen, a a French-based pharma. I learned a lot. I travel a lot in different roles and responsibilities, operational and more strategic. And it was a fantastic time being closer to the physician, to the patient. Now, at a certain point of time, I said I wanted to have something more entrepreneurial. And I started to talk to investors in in that space. And it was a completely new world to me. And it was a bit of a question, is it the right path? Because it was something totally new. Uh, And I think that having the opportunity to to try this new experience, I would really recommend. And it is. it was through, through investors who uh, mentioned this opportunity of of a young, dynamic, promising company. And um, they wanted to have a new CEO at that time. And I'd say, OK, why not? That was the story.
2: Great story. To dive a little bit deeper into the origins of Pathopest, I know that it spun out of the Institut Pasteur. And for people in the United States, uh, whether or not they know about the importance of Institut Pesta as a preeminent research institution in France and in Europe, they certainly know about the founder, Louis Pesta, eminent French chemist and the founder and the father of modern microbiology. Can you tell us a little bit about the DNA of the company, given that it comes out of the Institut Pesta?
0: Yes, of course. And we are very proud, of course, of those roots at Institut Pasteur, which is clearly a reference on a global basis. So the company has been created by um, a professor of virology at Institut Pasteur. And at that time, it was like 12 years ago, he saw that sequencing and next generation sequencing, more specifically, may have as well a huge impact on microbiology and infectious diseases. And sequencing was well known to know more about the human human genome, to better understand rare disease, for instance. And he thought that it would be nice as well to know more about microbiology, viruses, bacteria, so on and so forth. And it was the vision at that time. And there was a very small lab at, at Institut Pasteur to start some first, uh I would say, discovery and proof of concept. And very early on, a French venture capitalist, Kerma Partner, decided to create a company, a very small company. And they started like this. Initially, they wanted to discover new viruses, but it was a little bit a difficult business model, I would say, for investors. But it was really the story, so the vision about microbiology and sequencing.
2: Earlier on, you mentioned about the quality control of biological drugs. Can you talk a little bit more about the importance of this step and exactly how PathoQuest's approach leads to improvements, um, You know, let's say from an ROI perspective in the pharmaceutical industry?
0: Yes. Of course, as you all can imagine, in order to develop a pharmaceutical or drug, there are very strict rules and limitations and testing. And this is true along the value chain, from the very beginning, on the R&D phase, and then on the commercial. We are applying the the quality control to secure two questions, two dimensions. One about the viral safety, and it is really critical. And we have seen that with the pandemic. If there's contamination from a virus, yes, no. That's the first question we're able to answer more rapidly and in a very robust manner. And the other question is about the genetic characterization. You know, all those new therapies, cell and gene therapies, they are G- uh, GMO, and there's a need to be sure that all the changes have been done uh, correctly. And there's a lot of questions from the health authorities about this. And the biotech must have a very robust method to provide information. So we are applying our technology to replace traditional methods in a way that we are providing faster and safer results. And this is very attractive because for the biotech, of course, time is critical. And if they can save months, and this is what we're offering in this QC testing, this is super important for them so that they can progress faster in the development. So I think that we are a critical piece of the... uh, biomanufacturing, which is really important, and this is critical for the development of new biological drugs.
2: And when you say that PathoQuest methodology contributes to improving speed and accuracy throughout this QC process, can you give us the ballpark estimate of what we're talking about in terms of improved accuracy or reduction in time, manufacturing time?
0: Yes. Regarding the timing, I would say current method in general, you, you will need several months to get the results and we are able to reduce only to few weeks. So that's the magnitude. Of course, it, it is dependent from a test to another. So we have developed a portfolio of tests to answer to different types of questions. And we are generating through this platform a new assay on a regular basis because we have, a score, of course, an R&D team. So for some very simple, I would say, assay, we can provide the answer in a few days. Others will still require a few weeks. But it is a significant change from, let's say, overall from two months to just a few a few weeks. And regarding the, um, the accuracy of the information, it's, it's like a picture. When you see the number of pixels, sometimes, yeah, you, you see something, but it is not precise enough. And we are able to provide, I would say, high-definition information. And it is super important, for instance, for clone selection. For the pharma, when they want to move forward, we're able to help them to select, to make the good decision early on that have a very important impact on the future.
2: That's excellent. And effectively reducing the time from a few months to a few weeks is huge from an ROI standpoint for
0: pharma. Mm-hmm. Yes, it is.
2: How instrumental would you say has the cloud been in allowing you to execute on your vision for PathQuest?
0: So it's a critical point and I'm very happy to share this with your podcast uh, listener. One of the issues that may have a company like us is about the scale-up. If you feel that you are successful because you have a growing number of customers and those customers are happy, it's already good. You have made already something and it's not given to everybody. But then the question is, are you sure that you can grow fast? And initially we really started to have computational resources on-premise. It was quite basic, it was really secured, it was quite costly, but we were not sure that we were able to scale. Now, uh, in our field, what is critical is to provide the data at a very high level, quality grade, named GMP, Good Manufacturing Practice. And it was a bit unclear if the cloud would be able to fit within those regulations. And we had a lot of work, a lot of questions, a lot of evaluation, and we managed a few months ago to validate the cloud and AWS system into our process so that today, thanks to this approach, we don't have any more limitation regarding the scale-up of the company from this standpoint, from a data analysis standpoint, and it makes a huge difference. And it is true for data coming from the U.S., coming from Europe, so I would say it's a major point, the, uh, the added value of the cloud in our, in our development.
2: And now, as you were saying, in terms of scaling up virtually, there, there are no more barriers now that you've validated this uh, methodology.
0: And it's important for computational resources and as well for arch- archiving, because in mm-hmm. this specific space, you need to keep data quite a long time, 10 years, 20 years, 30 years.
2: From a compliance perspective.
0: Exactly. The product would be on the market quite a long time, unfortunately, fortunately, and, and that's why you need to have access to data if needed.
2: Makes sense. So let's shift gears from infrastructure and technology back to the scientific aspects uh, for a little bit. Has PathoQuest been involved in any academic research or published any academic materials recently?
0: So yes, and uh, I think a company like us can be successful only if you have a very strong scientific knowledge. And we are lucky to have uh, an important uh, part of the team, having a PhD in microbiology, molecular biology, of course, a good list of people with this level, an engineer in bioinformatics in particular. So from the very beginning, we were really keen to to publish and, and we have done that uh, a different occasion but very recently, and it was a week ago, we get published our uh, recent uh, paper in Vaccine Journal, which is a very uh, well known uh, journal in that space and we have published and it was a, a world a world premiere uh, because we have published the results of head to head comparison study, animal testing on one side versus uh, NGS approach, and we have demonstrated the superiority of uh, our approach in uh, any case in viral safety, in any type of uh, viruses, which is fantastic because um, the guidelines are changing as well, and we do expect a new revision of the key guidelines by the end of this year, pushing the NGS approach, and so the timing is really perfect. And I think the paper that has been published, again, in Vaccine Journal, and everybody can have an open access, will be a reference. We are super proud and happy that we are able to publish this for the first time.
2: That's great. Congratulations, Jean-François. That does sound like a big breakthrough. Could you share some recent success stories regarding strategic partnerships with your customers?
0: Yes, I think, and it is our strategy, uh, we can do a lot by ourselves. But it is not sufficient. We are in a field where things are moving super fast. And if you want to continue to be frontliners, you need to partner. And this is from the very beginning part of our strategy. So very recently, two months ago, we have announced a strategic partnership with a company called Oxford Nanopore. They're based in the UK. And they are developing, I would say, the next generation sequencing technology in particular, the long-grade sequencing. And this is really important to um, to give access to new solutions that we're not able to develop with traditional next-generation sequencing. And they have identified us, and they have selected PatoQuest to penetrate the biosafety market where we are. Um, so it's a co-development and uh, as well a commercial agreement, so it's quite broad. It will enable us to have access to early processes, technology, and I think it is super important and it does show the recognition of Pattoquest in that specific field. So yeah, we are very happy with this recent strategic collaboration.
2: Great. As the CEO of this company that you've helped build and scale now, what have been some of the hardest challenges for you, both from a technology and business perspective?
0: So. Clearly, I think the main challenge is the, uh, the quality expectation. Because if you have a true innovation, you are really coming from R&D environment, which is nice. And, and this is where the innovation should be done, right? No limitation, very agile. But if you want to move to the uh, industry, then you have to change uh, totally the, the reference, and it is a lot about quality system. It is a lot about procedures. It was, we had hard time most of the time because it's not exactly the same expert and not the same um, skill set. So we have to, to change people to recruit new people in order to develop a system and to validate assay with a very high robust quality grade. So I think it was a very significant effort from coming from R&D and to be now a a service provider, a contract resource organization, at a GMP grade for the pharma industry. So it was a big step. So that's the answer number one, but I still have an answer number two, uh, which is, I believe, interesting because, of course, we are happy to push innovation on the market and nobody is against innovation, of course. But if it's a true innovation, it does mean a true change. And, and this is where penetrating the market with a true innovation might be challenging as well. Because, um, you know, this industry, the pharma industry is quite overall a conservative industry. And if things are done today, more or less okay, you may find s- some objections and some pushback. So I think one of the learning for us was. It's still the case today is to identify companies that are early adopters, that are keen to to move with new technology, that are able to understand what is the added value. So that's the second challenge is, uh, yes, innovation, nobody is against that. But in real life, it is not as easy as we would like. And, uh, uh, and we are facing the classical, uh, I would say, sometimes difficulty about change. And we understand that, but we need to be prepared.
2: Yeah, if it isn't broken, don't fix it, as some people say. Um, Yeah, exactly. I think it's always harder to change established patterns and habits. And this is certainly true in an industry like pharma. My next question is somewhat related to vision. PathoQuest has a growing footprint in the United States now. And this is a topic that's dear to my heart as given that I used to be a VC based out of Europe. And we see companies that are Europe-based wanting to navigate uh, this change and establish a footprint in the U.S. market. And I believe PathoQuest has successfully managed this transition. I think you have a manufacturing facility here today as well as customers. So what was your approach behind your U.S. expansion and how did you set yourself up for success?
0: Yes. So, of course, in this um, healthcare field, uh, the U.S. market is key, so you need to prepare how you want to be there. We were lucky, uh, first of all, to have already a good list of U.S.-based customers with our site based in Paris, but we believed that at that time it was not sufficient, and we wanted to be closer to our North American customers. And we took the decision not to go alone, and uh, that's why we did partner with a U.S.-based CRO, Charles Duveux, based in Boston. And it did facilitate clearly the go-to-market process from a commercial standpoint, facility standpoint. It is a major plus. So, of course, we can debate advantages on that type of approach. But personally, I still believe that it's the right one. For quite a small company like us, it was a good approach and it is a good approach. The market is so big, it is so different from what we know here and it's a booster as well regarding the um, commercial penetration. So yes, it was the way we did it. Uh, I think that we're happy with this choice.
2: And apart from partnering with Charles River here for your go-to market, was there something else that you did as far as your recruiting practices are concerned in terms of recruiting a French-based
0: staff versus U.S.-based staff. So, um, for us and for me, it was key to have um, U.S.-based colleagues focusing on the U.S. market uh, because, again, it is so different. We may think that, yeah, more or less, it's the same. That Asia is really different, but U.S. is the same. No, it is as well super different. So, um, yeah, I think we started with the uh, with the U.S. general manager, and then. With with her, we um, have recruited very talented people, ready for the adventure, ready for a pioneering adventure. And it is amazing. And even today, I had an interview with a U.S.-based candidate for a commercial role. Currently, more or less happy in a large organization, but so excited about joining a a fast-growing organization to grow in the U.S. market and to bring his expertise. So I think, yeah, it's really part of the success to have a local expert with a special mindset, which is being a pioneer.
2: Great. And how big is the Pathopest team today on both sides of the Atlantic?
0: So in in Paris, it's about 40 people and about 12 in the U.S., but potentially growing fast. But it is linked to, uh, to our commercial success, of course. Uh, and I think that that is just the beginning.
2: Indeed. And talking about what's next for PathoQuest, as you think about the next three to five years, what are some of the areas where you'd like to grow and develop more?
0: Yeah. So um, I would um, select three dimensions. There's one, which is, of course, a geographical expansion. And I had just mentioned briefly about Asia. Uh, but I would not put it as a priority number one. I would put it as priority number three. Because we still have a lot to do with our two sites, one in North America and one in Europe. But from a geopolitical standpoint, it would make sense at a certain point of time to have a site somewhere in Asia, I believe in China. So that's priority number, number three. Priority number two, it's to grow our portfolio because what we have in our hands, it's type of a platform. And based on this platform, we can develop more Assays that are able to answer to specific needs, to develop them and to commercialize them. So it's like an engine of producing new assay based on sequencing, only based on sequencing, next generation sequencing, because this is our expertise. And it's a nice way to grow. So that's, I would say, the, the priority number two. And priority number one is clearly a commercial priority. If you are front runners, then Take market share, start with new customers, convince them, keep them. They say, dominate the sub-segment that you have identified. That's what we need to do and execute the plan. So I would say the priority number one is clearly commercial. Then it's growing the portfolio. And then it's thinking about Asia.
1: Okay.
2: Those are um, ambitious objectives, of course, and we wish you the best. What advice do you have for an international founder, let's say of a healthcare and life sciences company, who wishes to build something akin to Pathoc West that's able to penetrate the U.S. market?
0: I think that having already U.S.-based customers without any U.S. presence is key. Because if you are waiting for a U.S. Uh, investment to understand the U.S. market, it's too late. So first of all, if you are starting from Europe, from Asia, try to understand the pattern, the specific pattern, or what is important to be successful there. And that yeah. I think that's one. Then the recommendation is, and from a financial standpoint, be sure that you are sufficiently robust and that you have sufficiently funds to address the U.S. market, which is overall expensive to step in. So you need to talk to with your investors so that there's a full alignment because this is going to be... Uh, a long journey, and you may spend more than what you thought at the beginning. So you don't want to put your company at risk because you are planning this uh, U.S. expansion. Uh, that's really uh, that's really important. And the third one, and this is what I've discussed already, maybe, of course, you can envisage to go alone. But have a plan with partnership with a U.S.-based company. It will be faster. And I believe uh, you you increase your chance of success.
2: Great. And in your particular case, Jean-Paul, having enough cash runway to fund your U.S. expansion, did you rely on your existing investors based out of France and Europe? Or were you already in touch with U.S. investors to to fund that journey?
0: Mm-mm. This is the moment where we have decided to have more um, more U.S. investors. and And for U.S. investors, it was... Quite logical as well that they would be interested in this U.S. market expansion. At that moment, our uh, industrial partner, Charles River, decided to to invest into PatoQuest.
2: Strategic investor.
0: Exactly. So that's one. And then we managed as well to convince a U.S.-based, family office based in California to to invest into PatoQuest to help us to grow globally in the U.S. and in particular in California. So that way we did it. Um, And I think it's good if you're in the U.S., to get the support from U.S.-based investors. Most of the time, they may have a good network as well. Could be helpful. And why not about your industrial partner? Of course, there are pro and cons about this approach, but but you can contemplate.
2: That's great advice, Jean-François. I think often founders underestimate just how much this expansion journey is going to cost them and not running out of cash is really uh, fundamental. Yes. It's been wonderful chatting with you today, Jean-François. Merci beaucoup.
1: Thanks for joining us today for the AWS Health Innovation Podcast. If you want to get in touch with AWS, please check out our show notes where you can find a link. The best way to support the podcast is to share it with your colleagues and friends. We also appreciate your reviews on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. If you have ideas on how we can improve the show, please let us know. Our feedback survey is in the show notes. See you next week.